Hey guys, it's James. Welcome to another episode of Dashboard Disciples. Um, we're gonna Matt and I are gonna continue on in our kind of discussions about um, the C.S. Lewis book we've been studying. And if you want to pick up a copy, it, um, you can check it out on our information page, um, and you can follow along with us. So um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you listen in, and um, yeah, join the conversation. Have a good time. But before we go into the episode, I do want to share with you guys. Um, my wife and I, my lovely wife and I, Maria, we went on a small little date um, over this past weekend to this nice little um, cheesecake and espresso shop called Laika over off of Broadway um, across from the HEB Central Market in San Antonio and in Carnet Ward University. And so, man, if you ever got a chance to uh, go and have some community, nice little date night and just chill and hang out with some nice, very, very, very nice homemade cheesecake, check out Laika over on Broadway near going towards downtown across from Incarnate Ward University. You want to definitely want to give them a shout out because it was awesome and we'll definitely be back. All right. See you guys inside. Yourself or pet yourself. Are your dashboard disciples? Abbas is leaving us. Are your dashboard? Are your dashboard disciples? Check us out on Apple and Spotify. Are your dashboard disciples? An obstinacy in belief. Yeah, reading the King James Bible. All right. What I when I read the title, I was over like. The obstinacy of like okay Shakespeare. Okay, CS. I see you. Mr. Shakespeare. I see you. I see you with your making a cameo. With your old English. I really feel like the audience look. was uh not for this one's not for the church, not for the believer. Yeah, honestly, I actually kinda had a hard time with it. It was very Intellectual collegiate. Mm -hmm. I was going intellectual, but collegiate. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, so you call me? You call me a dumbass? <laughs> no, you're calling yourself not collegiate. Then I don't know what oh. to tell you. <laughs> I have you know. It took me 14 years to get my bachelor's degree. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you right now. That would be right. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm not calling you dumb. I'm, I know. I'm just giving <laughs> you crap. But I did look up the word obstinacy, obstinacy, which means stroke stubborn. your beard as you say it. Uh, it means stubborn. Um, so the stubbornness of belief. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I guess kind would, of my thing. This is kind of one of those things like you you would read at a in an academic setting, yeah. and it would be. <laughs> Basically, my takeaway would be, okay, cool story. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like it treads new ground, at least for me. Yeah, it just, it's an intellectual talk of what we already know. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of stuff, this is some, like kind of stuff that you would have like a lecture series on. And when you went to that lecture series, you would bring homework with you and let them do their thing. And you just met your requirement of being there. Yeah. And you got extra credit or something, whatever mm -hmm. it is, for your class for being there. Yeah. It's like <laughs> if you're really, those classes though, like, yeah. like oh yeah, here's a bunch of nonsense homework that you're required to do, but all you're never gonna actually address the homework. You're just going it's just so you can have intellectual fuel to listen to me talk. Well, uh, I would never call you can see as Lewis is in any of that. 
Okay, don't put words in my mouth. I would say Hold on. this wasn't meant for me. <laughs> Same. I'm not saying that that's what C.S. Lewis's work is. I'll read it. I love his work. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't you just hate it when you have to do that with certain college classes where you have to like read a bunch of material that, and nonsense, not in the sense that the material is nonsense, but that the coursework is nonsense. I mean, I paid. <laughs> yes, but I paid four hundred dollars for a credit I could have just gotten on Amazon <laughs> to be required. I paid three hundred dollars to pay one hundred dollars for a book so that my professor can require me to read it in eight weeks. Right. <laughs> so I mean, I like my notes are like on this thing are pages apart because he it. It's just, this is so how intellectual work intellectual work operates, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like they take three pages to say one. one thing. And brevity is just not a thing in academic circles. So um, I don't know. Um, my first overall, I guess, part, like thought on the first couple pages was just like, okay, everyone's coming inherently with biases and presuppositions that's what i got yeah everyone's coming with the perspective and all of that and it's like okay we could have let off with that yeah. and uh, that's cool you said in three pages would have caught what it could have taken a couple sentences in a paragraph absolutely yeah. yeah um but i do like that we did he did get to his point quick about what he wants to accomplish what would you think well, I mean, Lewis does this a lot where, and it wasn't necessarily like, I think for me, it's, for me, my, my personal struggle with, um, beliefs in sense, in a sense, uh -huh. are, are differences of philosophy. And like, for example, you know, like you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago or last week where I was talking, talk, I was talking about like amillennialism and premillennialism post -millennialism, eschatology yeah and like those are my those are where my i find most of my struggles um and lewis often writes about and probably because it's just the time of his writing you know talks about differences between like science and theology mm -hmm. you know like and kind of pointing out to the, the fact that um Like one's one's a science, and one's a, 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 a uh, and, and in science, it's taking some belief isn't the end goal. Knowledge is versus like um, in in philosophy or in religion, belief is the end goal. Knowledge supports belief, um, not, but you don't need absolutes. Yeah, you know, the hope is what is what fuels the absolute. Versus in science, you need the absolute in order to believe the hypothesis. And so, like, essentially, the word belief has two very different definitions in two very different places of, in two very different groups, mm -hmm. with two very different end goals. So 
but what we fail to do, what we fail to realize is that those two, those two views or two communities can actually support one another. They're really not each other's enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think, like, I like how he, I don't know how far I'm jumping ahead here, but he talks about how the scientist, like, comes, like, tries to be objective in in, in everything that he does, Mm -hmm. right? But that um, it's not as if he's not coming to the... It's like it's not like that he's divorced or anything like that from uh, using other forms of ways of relating to the world other than the scientific method. Like they will try to use, like it, it's like he he can suspend some disbelief in in other places outside of science. It's just that he's not allowed to do that within science. Mm-hmm. And whereas. Uh, well, because this, science doesn't call for that. Yeah, science doesn't call for it, and that's a cool story, bro. Like that's that's again where I was like, okay, cool story, bro. But um, it, it was kind of like, well, that just goes to show you that there are more. It's just confirming to me the truths of Ecclesiastes. Just to be, if we're gonna put a biblical spin on this, it, like it's just that knowledge is meaningless, advancement is meaningless. All of it is meaningless mm-hmm. if you're not first coming at it knowing and fearing the Lord. You know, that's where that's where that's where it kind of all came, I guess, full circle and got it back to scripture for me. Okay. Um, because I don't recall. Does he cover does he does he No, he doesn't bring up anything about Ecclesiastes. I'm just saying that's yeah. like my takeaway. That's okay. like my personal takeaway. It's like, okay, he can't like I said, I think his audience was kind of like more for uh, an intellectual rather than anything else. He doesn't need to like, he's not trying to convert people by writing this or anything like that. Uh, it's not his goal. But mm-hmm. it's like, since we're since we're talking about it, it just kind of seems like, okay. Like you want to know why you go to those pointless lectures and you want to bring something else because it is annoying and all that. It's because you realize... This is just, at the end of the day, all meaningless if we don't have a fear of God and a fear of his commandments. Yeah. You know, like, it's like if you're not willing to just take that next leap into the unknown that is faith, then it's like, I don't know if I got anything for you. Yeah. Well, because it, it becomes a what's the point of this? Yeah, like you said. Yeah, what's the point? What's That's, the point it, of knowing all of this if we're not headed somewhere? Yeah, it, it's, it feels... That's why I think often I got so, I guess, frustrated at seminary, uh, at least at the seminary I was at, and a lot of people got frustrated because they felt like they were getting a lot of opinion, a lot of intellectualism, but they weren't getting to the point where it's like, okay, so what does this have to do anything about Jesus and anything about ministry? Mm-hmm. And um, and every and if people just stuck around and stuck out a little bit longer than what I. Uh, like I guess like me and a lot of the people who graduated, uh, they would have seen, they would have had their aha moment with it. And uh, it's like, okay, no, we learn the stupid intellectual stuff 
so that we have tools in ministry. And yeah, and and that's honestly in just Lewis's writing in general. That's what I found in his writing. Like you'll spend, if you're reading an essay, you'll spend the first half, if not three fourths of the essay, with a build up, mm-hmm. and then he'll make his point at the end. But oftentimes, people who don't like his writing, it's because they give up too soon. <laughs> yeah, like they give up on his on his work. You're like, okay, what's the point? Uh-huh. Like, just give me the point. But you need that. Like, for example, the first few pages, he talks about the definition of belief. Well, he talks about what the difference is in, you know, philosophy is and stuff. And then science and philosophy. And then he builds into belief and, and kind of defines the, the, the different definitions of beliefs and unbelief only to talk about how um, only to really in, later on in the, in the in the book or in that essay. Um, <clears throat> point to the fact that for the scientist, the absolute definition, I guess, mm-hmm. the absolute finding is what constitutes their belief because it's, it's, you know, one plus one equals two, but for, but for the concept and philosophy, i.e. like the believer, um, belief is founded on experience mm-hmm. you know i believe because i've experienced yeah. god yeah. you know um i don't have any tangible in a sense tangible i.e like you know i can hold this cup in my hand and and say this is a cup you know i don't have any tangible proof that that not only does our god exist but a god exists mm-hmm. you know but based on my experience, I not only believe that that there is a God, but I believe that the God of the Bible, the the the, the Christian God, the Jewish God, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yahweh is the God um, that that does exist, you know? Yeah. And that's and that's not based on I can't I can't show you a receipt, you know. <laughs> But I can, based on my experience, have a faith beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, it's like it's um, uh, it, it is. You think about the essence of conversion, the essence of profession of faith. It's I don't know exactly what I'm getting myself into, but I'm just gonna go with it and let's see where this heads. I'm just gonna go through the, with this surrender thing and see what it does for me yeah and um and let me just follow or i guess to put it in the apostles terms let me just follow this guy who just told me to follow me and um i got nothing to lose so i'm just going for it you know i'm diving i'm diving in man yeah yeah i'm diving in i'm, I'm going deep yeah on my head i want to be <laughs> and then, did you get my tiktok yesterday um, oh, you didn't check it, you I jerk. didn't check it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I feel like you never like, checked my stuff. So it was whatever. like early 2000s or like 90s. Uh, like this this should bring you all the way back to youth camp. And it was like. It's because we watched that movie, right? It was like. <laughs> it was the I'm diving in, which is the. It was in the, Gosh, it was in the movie. Yeah. Oh, man. That was a good movie. Oh, man. What was it called? 
A week away. A week away. Yeah. A week away on Netflix, dude. It was like. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, maybe that's a whole separate episode, right? I guess yeah, I mean, that. I guess, I mean, well, I was going to mention it real quick because it's like, you watch this movie a week away on Netflix. That and... apparently made top five streaming in Netflix. No, it did it not. It really did. Wow. It really did. God, I wonder how many people got saved, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so they just basically had an emotional experience around a campfire. Singing. So what about all those people that banned Netflix last year? Oh, I get they're all kinds of confused. <laughs> they're like that guy in front of the nuclear reactor, that one meme, right? Like, uh, ban Netflix or <laughs> ban Netflix. Watch a week or away you, or evangelical <laughs> tool. Like, ah, God, I don't know what to do. Why isn't this up your legs? Like, <laughs> right? Oh my goodness, man. No, <laughs> dude. No, but but I mean, real talk. Like, I mean, this. Like I said, this this particular like, I don't know, essay because it's this book is just a series of essays uh-huh. oh man i mean lewis is my favorite writer but this one was was it a rough one for this you this one was a rough one for me i'm not gonna lie man um i do think like it's like if i was gonna get something out of it i kind of had to go a level deeper i guess like i had to take what he was saying and think about it and then kind of insert where like insert how does a christian how does this what does a christian worldview have to say about this not that he because i don't feel like it's not that he put a uh like he was he was not writing from a christian worldview i don't think he was writing from an intellectual worldview as we were saying so um i kind of pushed myself like there were like several pages where i was like okay i'm not getting anything out of this yeah. uh, <laughs> uh and so i finally got to like 27 and um, is <laughs> it's like when you go back and read this thing, like what you highlighted, it's like, wait, why did I highlight that again? Yeah. Then you have to like go back a couple sentences and figure it out. But basically, that was the part where he was talking about uh, the how suspending disbelief. Um, is not something you would do in science, but that is kind of how Christianity works, as we were saying, we're diving in, right? Mm-hmm. And so the so the difference, I think a big difference between what you do in science and then what you do in faith is that you suspend disbelief in faith because that strengthens love and trust with God. Whereas if you try to put that into science, they would be like, like you can't be a mad that's like a mad scientist you can't do that yeah because there could be some very bad consequences if you don't know what you're working with yeah you can't so you can't assume be well then okay so so on that note that jumps you all the way back to page 17 where he says there are of course people in our own day to whom the whole situation seems altered by the doctrine of the concealed wish Mm. and they will be they will they will admit that men, otherwise apparently rational, have been deceived by the arguments for religion. But they will say that they have been deceived first by their own desires and produced the arguments afterwards as a rationalization. That these arguments have never been intrinsically even plausible, but have seemed so because they were secretly weighted by their by our wishes. Oh. Like... 
the argument on the, the on the philosophy in belief in God is that do we believe because we see or do we see because we believe? Mm. That is a that because. is a that is a jab that will that will if you don't unpack that I'm not saying if you don't unpack that carefully, but I honestly believe many Christians won't even visit that question in their head because they're afraid that that path leads down atheist down to atheism. Um, but you should you, you should. should visit. I think you should. you should. I think it'll. I think if you give it an honest go at that question in sincerity, you will find your faith even stronger in, in the end. Yeah. Uh... And if you, I think if you're strictly speaking, this is definitely a chicken and egg argument for sure. But uh, I do think that if we if we believe what the Bible says, then what we are doing is reacting to what God's already doing. Yeah. Right. So I I think we see and then we believe. <laughs> Just to be if we're looking at it strictly from that perspective, God is the one that brings His Son to Earth. God is the one that that creates, and then we sort of react within that, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I one thousand percent agree with that. Yeah, and I mean, I like, I don't believe. I mean, there was a time where, like, I I had to ask myself that question, where I was like, do. Do I see the workings of the Lord in my life because that's what I want to see? Mm -hmm. Or do I see the workings of the Lord in my life because they're, they've always been at work and I've just been made privy right. to that? And I think that, and this next part might be offensive to some people. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, there are times where we see things as Christians simply because we want to see them. You know, and and that happens when we want to eagerly get out of our whatever situation that we're in. And so we start to to make signs, quote unquote, God signs out of just sheer happenstance, you know? Sure. Like, like I really, really, really want, like, I've been praying for a wife and the girl at H-E-B smiled at me and gave me her number. Oh, she's going to be my future yeah. wife. That's yeah. going to be it. And then she doesn't call you back and you're like... You know, and it's like, are you seeing God at work or did you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you believe because you saw or did you see, you know what I mean? Like, or did you, uh, did you almost essentially try to force your own miracle? Yeah. So, yeah, it's borderline, it's borderline arrogant to assume you know exactly what God is doing. I mean, I think there's things we can infer from scripture. But for the most part, it's a pretty bold thing to say, geez, I know what God's what God's will is. Yeah. That's a pretty, well, you're, that's, pretty you're on some pretty 
That's a bull moo cotton. Bull moo well, cotton. <laughs> real talk, and I know you. I know you did this. I don't know a year or so ago. <laughs> bull moo cotton. See how it works out. <laughs> no, um, I know you did this about a year ago, but you preached on Acts at your church. Yeah. Um, and I'm preaching at your church on Sunday. And I think I'm going to visit Acts 1. Okay. And so I'm going to start by saying what, you know, everything Pastor Matt told you is completely wrong. Okay. I um, won't be there, so it's a, fine. I mean, I guess. Know, he's a post it. <laughs> guess we'll see if they shout you off the stage. Right. Get out! Ah, no, even though there's really no stage. Oh. <laughs> I'm bringing you a stage. <laughs> and lights. And smoke. Just bringing prosperity. Yeah, I'm gonna bring a smoke, uh, smoke it. machine and some lights, and uh, we're gonna play only Phil Wickham for worship, the new Phil Wickham oh, stuff. Gosh, he hates Phil Wickham. Everything is stopped. I didn't. Man. He doesn't like. I him. didn't say I hated Phil Wickham. Like I said him. that he's definitely like, he's Nestle Tollhouse man. He's. He's, Dude, uh, that is so offensive. Oh my gosh, that is so offensive. Why? He is extremely talented. He, I didn't and say I he wasn't tell, talented. I can, tell, I can tell you've never been to a Phil Wickham concert either. I didn't say he wasn't talented. Oh my goodness. I'm just saying that I it is... I want to give the guys props. Oh man, okay. I, John Mark McMillan, I'm just saying. Ugh. John Mark McMillan. That's, that's, my, that's my boy. Ugh. Just saying. If you can cry, if you can sing and cry at the same time, we're good. Oh, so you don't, you don't think the Wicked Man is passionate about what he does? Okay. He is passion. He okay. isn't, as a matter of fact. He is not. He doesn't even roll with Chris Tomlin. I've never even seen him roll with Chris Tomlin. I thought he did passion. You said no. Phil Wickham's never done passion. Oh, okay. So it's how much you know about him. You're know. out here judging him. I don't listen to uh, I don't listen to Caleb. Either do I. Just playing. Yes, I do. <laughs> I really don't listen. To that Lauren Daigle though. Oh, wishy washy one. Mm-hmm. Now we can start talking about. Wait, wait. Sliders. What? <laughs> She's totally wishy washy. I love my girl Lauren she, Daigle. She had her. Oh, that's, man, I'm, you're making you're making the conservative come out of me. And that's new really Rebecca like St. James. Not even. Come close. on. No way. Come on, man. No way. Oh, is it because she was on Ellen? Not, <laughs> not just because of that. That's oh, just, man. That would be oversimplifying it for sure. I don't uh, know. She. Okay. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Lewis okay. Here. C.S. Lewis. Okay. Which, so, by the way, by the way, in his time, people thought he was little well they were wrong so it's fine yeah <laughs> so well anyway they okay to be wrong. going back i'm gonna preach acts one yeah, at your ahead. church on sunday and i'm gonna talk about patience um and the and what well, two it's twofold patience and not assuming god's will but two that even and i'm not going to use the word because it could be offensive, but that that God's will even works even in our own stupidity. Because, Word. like, Jesus tells the disciples, go back to Jerusalem and wait there until the Holy Spirit comes. And they wait for 10 days. And somewhere in those 10 days, at some point, they just get tired. 
and at some point they just get tired of waiting and they decide, you know what, we should just pick our next disciple. And they pick Matthias, which, you know, anybody ever heard from that guy again? He's, he just simply started his own ministry and no one cared to talk about him. Anymore. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was it. Yeah. He just basically served the Lord in silence. He That's did. My guy. He That's did. My guy. But but what I what I I'm, I'm kind of unpacking right now, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to put nearly half of this in the sermon, but as I've been unpacking it, I'm finding out that like it also created problems when the church believes that God's appointed apostle was Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't supposed to be Matthias. It was supposed to be Paul. Man's appointed apostle, assuming God's will, was Matthias. God's appointed apostle was Paul. And it created a rift because because they chose Matthias, there was never a full inclusion of Paul in the, in the apostleship. Which actually worked out to Paul's advantage. To the it, well, it did. It did. But what I'm saying is that, like, even our own stupidity can't stop God's will. Yes. You know, like, it cannot stop God's perfect plan. So, yes, sometimes we fail God. That doesn't mean God's done. Right. And so, like, and that's kind of what I'm going to preach about on Sunday. And I forgot where I was going with this because it had to do with with belief. Oh, just supposing God's will, you know, believing what, um, seeing because, believing because you see? Yeah. Seeing because you believe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess sort of the thing that kind of got to me about all that, the seeing and believing, is that taking a leap of faith, putting that in quotes, Taking the leap of faith means that you're putting your trust in something versus and that's not what you're supposed to do in science, but you do that with faith. And so inevitably what that um, does, it will strengthen. And after you're, I guess, continuing on in that faith, you're, you're, all it does is strengthen love and trust in God. And that's the main thing. You know, mm-hmm. so the studies, basically the studies of this world don't require us to fall in love with those same disciplines, you know, but matters <coughs> of truth do require it. So Jesus simply didn't just tell us to follow him. He also told us to love him as in the greatest commandment, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's as if, whereas that's why science isn't, doesn't stand alone and it's not good enough. And that's why I think Ecclesiastes says knowledge is meaningless as well. Because there we have another whole other side of it <clears throat> more than just intellectual. It's we have an emotional and a and a soulful side that needs attention as well. And that's what and Jesus provides all three. Mm-hmm. Love of and loving him in heart, mind, and soul. He so it's not it's weird. Because it's not just that Jesus told his disciples to follow him. They also told him to love him. And so then they figured out that the two ended up coming together and working perfectly. Mm. And so C.S. Lewis here, 
um, doesn't quite go there, but if he was talking to the church, I think he would end up at that point if he was talking about belief. Yeah. He would he would get to that follow me and then love me sort of dynamic. Yeah. Um, so and then uh page twenty eight he said something pretty good too. Uh be aware of the possibilities and to still reject them is clearly the precise mode and the only mode in which our personal God can establish himself. Um, so basically, I guess I was trying to reword what he said there. And I came to, I was trying to reword it in my mind. And I came to, it may appear that God is asking us to try him out or experiment. Mm -hmm. It's a science word. But he isn't. It may appear that that way, that way, to the one who has never learned you, who never heard Jesus' story, but he did show himself in a mighty way. He came to earth to die for humanity. So it's, it's, it's to me, it's to me that it's like it's not just. Um, I think he's just telling us to kind of look around and see, look and see what he's doing. And then get in on it. It's not that, not just try me, but look around. And it's not necessarily try me. It's a, it's you want to be a part of it or not? You yeah. Because yeah. it's already happening. It was, yeah, it wasn't a see if I'm right or what it was like. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. It's, so you missed it. <laughs> here's, here's the part that got me the most in regards to, because I've dealt with this numerous times in my walk and um <clears throat> and i'm sure you have or at least maybe is the from the kind of the fundamentalist really conservative camp of like if you have questions about your faith it's because you don't truly believe you know like i don't know if you've ever gotten those questions yeah basically yeah you just gotta trust god yeah you just gotta trust god like like, yeah, why yeah. are you trying to figure out what they're like? Why are you doubting your faith or quite, or seeking, you know, uh -huh. deeper faith? You just got to trust God. And I either get that from the, the true, like, concert, like, super conservative, maybe fundamentalist camp. And then I get that from the super liberal camp. Uh -huh. Like, it's always the extremes. Of course. Where it's like, why are you, why do you push back at your faith? Why are you reading these things? Why are you reading... Why are you reading? Why are you reading opposing arguments? Why are you, you know, like things like that? And so he says on twenty nine, he's like, the, because we always go back to the doubting Thomas thing, you know, because Jesus tells him, "Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed." Like, like, and we and we use it as this rally cry of like, if I don't question my faith, then I'm more blessed. If I just blindly believe, then I'm just I'm more blessed. And he's like. That quote has nothing to do with our original statement, our, our, our original assent to the Christian propositions. It was not addressed to a philosopher inquiring whether God exists. It was addressed to a man who already believed that, mm -hmm. who already had a long acquaintance with a particular person, and evidence that that person could do, could do very odd things, and who then refused to believe one odd thing more, Often, often predicted by that person who vouched for, who, predicted by that person and vouched for by all of his closest friends. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like it is not a rebuke to skepticism in the philosophic sense, but to the but to the psychological quality of being suspicious. Mm -hmm. Like. And then it, it was. He, yeah. Well, he goes, like, it, it says you should have known better. You should have known better. That like, was the main thing. Yeah, like you should have known better. And I was like, whoa, okay, so wait, so let me hold on for a second. So when Jesus says blessed is the person who has seen without belief mm -hmm. or be believe without seeing, yeah, yeah, believe without seeing, there's literally nobody who exists today that that scripture is addressed to. Hmm. Never thought about it that way. Like, because none of us, none of us walked with Jesus. None of us saw him do those things. I'm talking about him himself. Right. Like, you know, none of us walked with the, the disciples. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was talking to Thomas. And I mean, okay, so maybe that, 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 that scripture could be relevant to certain people today. For example... If I saw one of God's miracles at, right now and I was like, oh, that kid, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, I guess I could, there could be situa situations where in my mind, in my heart, I'm thinking, you know, how could you be so duped, you know? But like, I almost kind of think about it, like, there really isn't anybody in regards to that context about questioning your faith and pushing back at your faith mm -hmm. to, to, to strengthen it. Like, that's not what Jesus is talking about in that scripture. Thus being, that's not, it's not a sin to do it. To, to, well, okay, to what, to what exactly? It's, I don't, it's not a sin to, to push back on, 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 at your, at your foundational beliefs, to seek. Okay, but there, there are some things that are sacred. Okay, so I'm thinking a few chapters later in Acts where um, the apostles go to Berea, and we all know the famous thing about the Bereans. It says that they tested what the apostles said uh, to see if it was true in Scripture. So it's almost as if there were... Something there were some things in their mind, in the Bereans' mind, and there should be some things in our mind where it's like, well, wait a minute, that's untouchable, you know, mm -hmm. like. And um, our problem is, is that we don't all agree on what those untouchables are, <laughs> um, and uh, that's where it gets sticky and complicated. Like, I guess if you want to use the Thomas story. What Jesus is telling him, I guess what Jesus would have would be telling him would be, you should have known based on our time together and what I, oh yeah, I told you a few chapters ago yeah. that well, this like, is how it was going to end up. You should have known based on what you've already seen. Right. Like, it would be much different for me to, to grow in my understanding of eschatology or even... Um, what 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 the lord says about divorce and marriage fun you know like moralistic things then for me to be a leader that's questioning the the uh the divinity of jesus 
say, you know, I mean, I think it just depends on your spirit, where you've walked with Jesus, where you've walked with the Lord. That that transitions from from wherever you are in your spiritual maturity is where that question transfers from I'm learning to grow to you should have known. Uh-huh. You know, like, but what I do understand about the you should have known was that just because you got it, you should have known doesn't mean that the Lord rejected you. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, you know, yeah. so I mean, we, we want to definitely want to stay there, you know, right, right? But like, but what I'm saying is that like, so I mean, based on your own spiritual maturity, which I mean, your spiritual maturity is 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 totally like that's you that's on you you know what i mean like like but at the same time because we don't when we talk to somebody we don't know their spiritual maturity level <clears throat> um not all the time um we shouldn't just assume that somebody should have known yeah it's not like there's a three magic questions we do and then we figure out oh that's where you're at it's like there's not some kind of list right list of questions that will help us gauge spiritual maturity yeah uh because even if there were then people would just gain it <laughs> right yeah. so it wouldn't matter um i usually go with um name a hymn name an unpopular hymn Untitled. Ooh. Yeah. name your favorite <laughs> unpopular hymn <laughs> sing, <laughs> sing the uh, second verse to Old Rugged Cross. <laughs> I don't even remember which one is the second verse. Oh. Exactly. You're not saved. <laughs> not saved. Not saved. <laughs> um, does the... Uh, the <laughs> when you were baptized, was the heater working on the one in the baptistry? <laughs> Were you baptized in a robe or not in a robe? Which is, I mean, and all that's funny because, I don't know, we've been through hiring processes at churches and stuff. Oh, yeah. And they want to, they like, they want to have like, not just a good feel for your, I guess, skills as a, I guess, leader or something, right? Mm -hmm. They also want to feel that you're also a follower of Christ. So they'll they'll throw in questions like, what was the last time you shared your faith? Give us your testimony. You know, those kind of things. And it's like, while I get where they're coming from and asking that, it's also like, you realize I could tell you say just about anything here, and it would be, you would probably just take it, you know? I'd be, I mean, um, that just means that those questions usually, usually like are, those questions usually come out of like, a, how good of a storyteller are you? Yeah, you know, like, I mean, because I can make up some really, really dramatic scene of where I brought someone to Christ, you know, gas station rest stop at Bucky's 2 (laughs) a.m. I stopped in to get a monster on my drive home. And let's give the plot to a week away. Right. So there I was. There were no adults around. I was in the secret garden of this really of this girl. I liked at camp, And. There I was, and then we ended up going to a campsite fire, and For we had a right. great song time. Let me like, tell you, like, we sang "Welcome" together. 
<laughs> no, I mean. And then I won't tell you what we did five minutes later. <laughs> we kissed. Uh, where were the parents? I mean, where were the, where were camp the parents? Where were the camp counselors? Golly. Now you're really sounding like the Man. older generation. Where were Golly, the parents? dude. Like, that, that's definitely, go, go see the, uh, go, go see the camp director. Yeah, yeah. You gotta call mom and dad. That ain't happening here. Oh, dude. It's like, well, you can call mom and dad because we are already sitting on the way home. Because we're, like, there's no way. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, um. But like, I mean, that's no, stink for your kids because you're gonna be there on site, like definitely <laughs> for guys. No, but like, was like they're gonna it be just, the worst ones the, right? No, <laughs> just like rebuke that. No. <laughs> they're gonna con the game, man. No, you kids man. know how to con the game. Oh, don't even, don't even, <laughs> don't even. So like, no, like, but but real talk, real talk, real talk, like. This, uh, yeah, like in the interview process, it's just, it's crazy, the, the questions that you get asked. But, like, in reality, it's, like, the only way to truly know somebody's heart is to walk with them. Yeah, is to just take a chance on them mm-hmm. and then see see what happens, you know? Uh, it's like, okay, you can, <laughs> you realize I could just, like, say the, the, I could just, remake the song journey like journey song don't stop believing as my testimony and then that's the end of it well i was just a small town boy in detroit and mm-hmm. uh oh, like, yeah. i took the city train a lot to school mm-hmm. and it's like you could just go with that and, it, and so i don't know those questions that they always are so i don't kind of say that in a way they like bother me um, give me your testimony. Yeah, give me your testimony. Well, this is a story all about how my, my life, it just got twisted and it turned upside down. Turned upside down. And, and, I was a bad kid in, in West uh, East Philadelphia. And born and ra- I was born and raised, <laughs> born and raised, raised there. Um, and I spent I, most of my days in the playground yeah. and, you know, just I, skipping I school. I freaked out my mom because I got in a fight on Relaxing pool. <laughs> now I usually shoot some b-ball outside of school and then... A couple of guys that they were just honestly, they were just up to no good. They're up to no good. You know, they were they started making trouble um, around my neighborhood. Yeah. And, and what ended up happening was I got in a, I got I just, got a fight. I got in a fight and it freaked my mom out. She got really scared. And so, and so she shipped me. Shipped me across the uh, country. Across the country too. And I, I actually grew up in in a really really nice community of Bel Air, California. Yeah, it was, it was um, my, great. My uncle was a lawyer. Was a great community of. <laughs> Of believers and you could just totally say but, that you know and, oh and you're asking about my first testimony so i got in this cab and he had some dice in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> and i was like man this yeah. cab is really rare <laughs> but, you know i said you know what just take me home just take, take me home home, take home and he asked me where home was and i just share my story with him and brought him to christ <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was ironically where i became saved and I say, led someone else to Christ yeah. in this the, the same, same day. Time. Yeah, same day. Oh same my day. goodness! <laughs> you see how we can? Yeah, you can see how you can do that. Yeah, so, and I appreciate where people are coming from by asking that. But it's kind of like, okay, at the end of the day, just make a gut call here. Do you think? Um, do you think I'm a fit? If so, let's do it. If not, 
Let's not waste any time. The it's best funny thing. that you, you we're talking about this because on my way here, I was listening to this one podcast, and I won't throw them under the bus because I literally thought what they were saying was kind of dumb. Uh, so I won't throw them completely under the bus. But they, the first, the big, they were asking about red flags to look for, and one of the things that they said was that, oh no, anytime you're hiring someone, you need to take as long as possible to hire them. And it's like, it was like, um. You could do everything right in that process, whatever right looks you like, still hire the wrong and guy. you could still hire the wrong no, guy. No, I think if you want... the funny thing was, is that after he said all that, he then told a story about how someone was hired and they were completely the wrong fit, and it was all messed up. And so, it was well, like... Here, so here's my thing, and here's one thing that I, I, I don't... I think we're done with C.S. Lewis, right? <laughs> I think we are done with C.S. Lewis. I mean, good, good chapter, good read, um, belief in... In, um, obstinacy, obs- yeah, obst- the stubbornness of belief, the obstinacy of belief. I mean, it's. I said it was a good re- intellectual read. I wasn't. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but, I mean, straight up, just believe what you want. No, oh, just, no, just all like lead to all, all roads lead to heaven. Yeah, I was watching Ellen, and they said that. So, must be right. Yeah, must be right. It's on TV. TV never lies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But no, uh, no. I mean, it, Hollywood. it was a yeah. it was a good read. Um, overall, just uh, um, I don't know, man. Um, well, I, I will say this about about the, the chapter is that I think that where science and philosophy work together is in the um, is in the presupposition of hypothesis. Yeah. Except our hypothesis comes from a we know the source and we hypothesize the process mm-hmm. versus they know they know the assumption and they hypothesize the end yeah yeah that's pretty good yeah that's cool all right that's i had to get some sort of pastoral thing in there um, <laughs> some preaching word in there word. um but anyway okay back to uh what were we talking about hiring process, hiring process. i think that if you're going to hire somebody that you do need to take as long as possible but but in the process if you're going to take three months to hire a guy don't meet with him only three times yeah like don't meet with him for an hour here two hours a month later and an hour and a half at the you know me yeah at the end like you should like maybe the committee meets with him and then somebody from the committee maybe takes him and his family out to dinner couple weeks later mm-hmm. maybe uh maybe the hiring committee barbecues on a after church on sunday and bites the guy over mm-hmm. you know like maybe uh like like you gotta if, if you're gonna take a long time to do a hiring process do life with the guy and his yeah. family I, I i often find it so it's so annoying it's completely ridiculous to say, oh no, we're gonna take a year to see, or we're gonna take six months to figure out, uh, uh, to collect resumes, to do this, to do that, uh, with ultimately, yes, uh, hiring someone. But <laughs> the thing is, is that you realize that may be great for your church, but it's terrible for that other person. You're asking yeah. them to put their entire life on hold for six months to a year, all, all in the name of you just, 
making you feel good at the end that you've made the and right decision. And on top decision. of that, and we've talked about this, if you're gonna if you're gonna hire someone, like dedicate yourself to that committee. Yeah. You know, like dedicate yourself to to that meeting, like um, and be part of it because it's it's probably one of the most important things you're gonna do. But at the same time, like yeah, your church isn't the only one that's hanging on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that person. I know I know a couple of ministers that are that are looking for positions right now, mm-hmm. and it's been two three years in the in the seeking process because. You know, you go to you, you submit to one church and that church is going through the process of hiring you and you're there for two months, not there for two months, but your your resume is sitting there for two months. Yeah. And then they decide, oh, we're going to wait a second. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like. So it took, takes three months for them to just take your resume to another church. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. And you start the process all over again. Mm-hmm. And and that's. And yes, you know, we live in faith and all that stuff, but that means that's also like, like this is what we're doing to, to uh, the people that the Lord has called to, to shepherd mm-hmm. you guys. Like, yeah, like, you know, I mean, that's hard. That's hard for them. That's hard for their families. That's hard for, and that's also how you end up with a bad pastor. For sure. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Dashboard Disciples. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. I know sometimes it kind of starts off a little slow and uh, then we get into it. But I mean, we're just having a candid conversation about a book we're reading. So we hope you enjoyed it and um, hope you learned something from it. We're just two guys talking and uh, having fun and hanging out. Um, see you guys next time. Bye. talk though like if maria died but i couldn't get my retirement pension unless i was married like would you marry me shut up